Hour. I'm back. Um, welcome We're to <laughs> Deep Tracks Only. Deep Tracks Only. Uh, I'm only doing that because I listened to Armchair Expert Is this that morning. How he starts it? Yeah, it's kind of like the and we Dax back. thing to do. Um, today we've got uh, we've got a really exciting show. One of my favorite um, industry titans. Uh, is on the show today, um, Andrew Osenga, who also goes by Andy Osenga, or Secret Weapon. Yeah, or Secret Weapon. He, uh, he. I learned how to play guitar uh, um, listening to a, a lot of his solo records. Um, just the way he, the way he crafts sounds, the way he soundscapes things, the way he uh, creates a lot out of a little. Um, very inspired by, um, yeah, some of his early stuff, and. Uh, what a nice guy also. He is. You know what he's got in common with you? You're a nice guy too, Philip. <laughs> what else? Um, you know what we have in common? That shirt that we wore for James Valentine's episode. <laughs> we have that in common. What else do we have in common? We all have front teeth that don't come out. Did you get a new tooth? I got a new tooth. Oh my tooth. gosh. So uh, for a long time, Philip has been having to pull out his... Uh, front tooth to eat um, because it's fake and it's in a stuck in a retainer because he stuck. lost it got stuck in it's a like st it's stick it's stuck in a retainer and so you put the retainer in and then the tooth <laughs> sticks in there um, and you've been having to take that out for a long time uh, and yeah, I just yeah. want to tell I just want to tell the story the right way so I'm going to tell it but Philip lost the tooth playing tug of war with one of his kids but he's playing tug of war and using his teeth to play tug of war. Yeah, and so that is a great way to lose a tooth. It's a great way, um, but hey, dude, A plus for fathering, fathering points, A plus plus, or common sense, you know, <laughs> D minus. <laughs> but uh, here's the deal, though: that lovey had a little hole in it, and that little hole caught my tooth. So just for everybody, we we level the playing field and tell us what lovey is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Lovey, like a little blanket, like a little baby blanket. Okay. It sounds like they lingerie. A... <laughs> <laughs> so it is, is what? <laughs> it's not lingerie. Okay. A baby blanket, like something to snuggle up with. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It had a little slit in it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it caught my tooth. But uh, congratulations on your tooth. Thank you. Bringing this full circle. Um, you look really great. Um, I'm excited. You're like the third best looking guy at, at Walrus. Thanks. And so, man. Yeah. yeah. Who's you first? Were, you were fourth and then now you've moved up to, to third. Is Kyle still the first? I think Kyle's still the first and he's been yeah. one, Kyle's been working out yep. and he's, he, he's been wearing contacts. He's been doing the contacts thing. Not that if you've got glasses, like it, it takes you down any notches, but he has been doing, I'm looking at Matt over here and he's wearing glasses, but, but like it's the change that, that is, mm -hmm. is nice to see. So if you're doing contacts and you start wearing glasses, it's just changing it up sometimes mm -hmm. that, that moves you up the ladder, you know? Well, I'll start wearing glasses. That would, that might bump you to number two. It depends on the frames though. It's, yeah. You gotta you know get the, the frames. frames. I'm going to put on. Yeah. Um, who has the worst frames at work? I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, now, now you're number three for sure. So Kyle's number one, and then... Uh, and now? Yeah. Well, now Matt's number two, because he just took his glasses off and he gave them to you. <laughs> but I became number two and bumped him. For sure. With the glasses on. Um, 
so I think uh, I've been thinking a lot. Yeah, I've been thinking of what starting. Been thinking about. I've been thinking of starting a band, but I don't want to start a band without a name. Yeah, what are you gonna name? So, I think it'd be cool if we just did a little segment called Band Names, and then we kind of just throw out some ideas on what we've been thinking. What well, I'm they not sound really like. prepared for this. No, oh, well, how about? You go first then. Okay, cool. Since it'll be, uh, um, what Let do they call see it? If I have some. What do they do in Chicago? Uh, uh, improv. improv. Since it'll be improv. What? That's we're only in Chicago. Did you? <laughs> did you see the? Because uh, you know Chicago has all those shows like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Uh, did you see the SNL skit called Chicago Improv? No. <laughs> it's really, it is really great. Uh, I think Tina Fey's in it, but it is, it, if you haven't, you need to go, you need to stop this podcast and just go watch that and it'll be great. And you'll be having a good day. These glasses are helping me see better. That's great. So That's maybe, not great. maybe we're doing glasses oh, man. for you from now on. New teeth, new glasses, man, I'm new, a new fill. I just poked my eye. There's not a lot of places where you can go and get new glasses and new teeth. There's not. I think we just talked about it. I think it's a business venture that we just came up with. Mm. What would it be called? Where you can uh, get glasses and teeth. Optical, to, optical tooth. How about? Optical. I teeth. I teeth you. <laughs> it's called. I can teeth you. It's called <laughs> dentical. Dent. Tentacle. That sounds like an octopus that's a dentist. Uh, Dude, which listen, denticles. Octopuses need dent. Octopi. <laughs> Is it octopi? I think it's actually octopuses. Octopuses need dentists. I Is, think that's super important. Is because yeah. they. Okay. Did you know they have beaks? I did know that. Yeah. Underneath, underneath the. That thing is. Man, a, that's the sound for everything today. Yeah, My underneath tooth. that is a beak. <laughs> so, yeah. I think so this honestly this episode we should do a section where I make a sound or you make a sound and I have to recreate it and you get one shot that's great well we did this one we already got one okay uh, what are your band names today though oh today we have crispy bits <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a like a marketing contract team like a sync licensing is yeah it sounds like, like a crisp licensing? like crispy bits like hit us up if you that's want that's exactly what they're not going for it sounds like if you want an if you want a successful apple commercial hit us up crispy bits we got the i think of uh long john silvers just buying all the like you know you can buy the, like crispy parts that flake off of the fish uh -huh. you can buy that as a basket there i haven't been in like 20 years mm -hmm. but it was a thing back yeah. in the day uh, I remember I used to go to Long John Silver's in high school with a guy and he would get the tray of crumbs, please. That's what it was called. Oh, it's called the tray of crumbs. Tray of crumbs. Can I get a tray of crumbs? Uh, that's so what <laughs> that's a, a sad word. What does Crispy Bits do? Well, they actually released their first album. Yeah. Um, it's called Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits? Yeah. It's all of their greatest hits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. Let's uh, get to you. <laughs> uh, today, uh, I've got... <laughs> my band name today is Chucking Swedes. Chucking Swedes. <laughs> like throwing Swedes. Chucking Swedes. 
So, uh, which I am half Swedish. So you uh, thought maybe you would use that before. Uh, yeah. So today we, we're down, we're down chucking Swedes. Chucking Swedes is a very, uh, which I think is appropriate for the guest we have who worked on stuff with Jack White and the dead weather. Uh, but it is a very dead weather sound. Uh, it's a very minimalist, but extreme heavy, powerful, uh, guitars and their debut album, uh, is called cans of stars. <laughs> Cans of stars. <laughs> Here's the sound when you open a can of stars. I get really uncomfortable at like the when when the movie starts and they have all those like very like detailed sounds of like popcorn popping and cokes being poured. All the ASMR stuff. It like it makes my it gives me like situational anxiety. Like I can't I can't do it. I love it. I hate it. I like have to like plug my ears or like look down. It's like, what about just like <clears throat> ASMR things? Like where somebody, I can't do it. I just, I can't, no, please don't. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. I, there's just something strange about it. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. You know, I think we're going to look back. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to look back and be really glad that we said, welcome Andy Osenga to Deep Tracks Only. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Deep Tracks Only. Today on the podcast, we have uh, Andrew Osenga. And he is a polarizing figure in the music industry because he both goes by Andy and Andrew. And so today we are going to put him on the spot for the very first time and says, and we're going to say, what do you want to be called on this episode of Deep Tracks Only? Uh, Well, so here's the deal. I grew up Andy and then I moved to Nashville when I was 18 and started like playing music really early and I felt very young. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll go by Andrew and then I'll sound older. Yeah. And then Google happened and now, you know, you got to pick one. Yeah. So that's usually what I say, but everyone still calls me Andy, but I always say, hi, I'm Andrew. Okay. So says, hi, Andy. I got you. What do you think sounds older now? Is that too hard? Sound ancient. Yeah. I'm Phil. Um, Yeah. What's your, what does your (laughs) wife call you? She calls me Andy. We'll call you Andrew. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> we're the same as your we'll wall. Put a, we'll put the <laughs> we'll, we'll put the wall. You know, we, yeah. I don't think we're privileged enough to use Andy. But listen, honestly, just for just for the show, um, every year. yeah, just for the show, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do both just to throw people off. Great. Just trade it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you went to Nashville when you were 18. Um, I, the reason why I think it's fun to have you on today is because you are on the liner notes of so many things that have happened in the last 80 years uh, out of Nashville. And uh, I think it would be kind of fun to kind of go through some of those things. Um, I, you know, my guitar, I'm, I'm kind of a weirdie. Uh, so my guitar heroes who I learned how to play guitar from uh, weren't necessarily like listening to the classic rock records um, and things like that. I always got inspired by uh, people who uh, prioritized uh, parts and and musicality and tone over uh, like front like frontman shredders, uh, yeah, like yeah. what we would consider iconic guitar players. Um, and so I heard uh, when I was I think seventeen, I heard your photographs record. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, which is, which is a lot of acoustic guitar, but there's some, I think some jazz master stuff in there of probably just you messing around in your own home studio. But those sounds really inspired me, uh, and really, uh, uh, they were very, um, emotional and, um, and kind of like the, the lane in the direction that I thought I had access to, you know, I was like that, that's kind of what I want to sound like. I want to do that kind of stuff. Um, and then from then on, you went and played with, with lots of people and, and, and are still doing that. Um, but that, that's, you know, you are, a you're a very, um, inspirational musician and you're very gifted. And so I'm, I'm really excited (laughs) to have you on the show today. Uh, you're a secret weapon on the stage and off the stage for a lot of people. Um, and so anyway, welcome to the show. Just call them secret weapon. Welcome to the show. Andy, Andrew, um, uh, so, okay. So let's get this straight. You went to Nashville and you were 18. What was the first thing you, what was the first thing you did? Not literally like, you know, talk to landlord about living somewhere. I'm sure that yeah, happened, yeah. but for, for, musically uh, I did is a friend took me to a, a 24 hour Krispy Kreme, which is the thing I didn't know existed. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> I had my mind blown. Yeah. Um, the get the no, ready. yeah. I, well, I moved to Nashville. I, uh, I somehow like I was in this really bad band in high school, like most high school bands. And, um, but, we played some weird little festival in a in a cattle barn in central Illinois. Yeah. And there was a guy who was like worked at a publishing company, but then like went on the weekends and played gigs with his band. And he was like, Hey, that kid's got some good songs. And so um I ended up signing a publishing deal when I was a senior in high school. And um and so Wow. I, I didn't, didn't know that, did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. We didn't do <laughs> that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, well, I didn't know what it meant till I'd already gotten dropped, but yeah. Um, <laughs> the hard way. Yeah. But, uh, but I, like, I didn't know that music was like a real career. Like I, I thought you were either like a rock star or a choir director. Like uh-huh. and those were the two sort of, I didn't know there's anything in between. And, um, and I, cause I'm from a small town in Illinois. So I just like, well, I'll teach. I like, I loved words and, and stories. And I was like, had a couple of great teachers. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll teach, uh, high school English and I'll go and like write songs to pay for college. So I moved down to Nashville. Uh, I was going to pay for college by like being a songwriter and then kind of doors flew open really quick to put the band back together and like go on the road. So, um, the band that sucked. Uh, yeah, well we got better. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) We, we, to to be very clear, we sucked for a long time. Yeah. 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 Uh, And then when we were professional and then we eventually got, got better. And we also, as we got better, we got less successful. So I gotcha. So is that, is that band still together today? No. So no, it must no, not have been that great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're very correct. Uh, uh, are you talking about the normals? It was a band called the normals. Yeah. I know yeah. you guys were really cool. It was, a, I'm serious. It was a very cool band. You're very kind. Yeah. Uh, well, I, was great. I am it was also like, really kind. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just okay. Um, but yeah, but then it, from like being in a band and like just traveling around, like you meet other bands mm-hmm. and, and other, like you make friends with people. And that honestly has been like, like everybody else went to college and I was in this band that, you know, uh, was just driving around in a van, but we ended up, you know, half the people that I work with now, like 25 years later are people that I started working with back then in the van. So like, all, all those young bands are now like people that are either like industry jobs or producers or session players. And, yeah. Um, so it's been awesome. Like 
that was kind of college for me, like learning how to yeah. be a musician. It was like 1998, 97? 90, yeah. I dropped out. Yeah, I went to one year of college, dropped out in 98. Yeah. Where, where'd you go? I went to Belmont University. Belmont. Yes. I've heard of Belmont. Yeah, Philip, Belmont's yeah. in Nashville. We always... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I was sitting over here just yeah. racking my brain. Uh, when we have to... When we, excuse me. When we get to go to Nashville... Uh, for work, we we try to get like an Airbnb in like yeah. in, t- in Twelve South down there because it's oh, close yeah. to it's close to Jenny's, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of important for that's us. Big yeah. You had Ladybird Taco. I'm wearing the hat. Yeah, we, we've Have been we? to Ladybird Taco. Have yeah. we? I'm pretty. I'm uh, saying the breakfast taco place on. Tuesday. I'm saying yes. Oh yes, yes. yes. In yeah. case they're listening, yeah. in yeah. case they're one of the three. We loved it. Oh, and it was so good. Uh, hats off to the staff at Ladybird. Yeah. I mean, we love you. Yeah. Uh, but Belmont is on my running route whenever I oh, yeah. uh, I go there. And there's that ferocious hill um, going south. Oh, that I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just is is a real good is a real good uh, BPM uh, razor, and I usually have to stop and take a break when I get to the top. So. It usually slows down my bird scooter. Cause I'm not running. It, yeah. So Phil knows saying. exactly the hill I'm talking about. It's a big hill. It's crazy. You know, it is, it is. us Oklahomies, you know, we got like, Oh, we got these big hills up here it's in Appal- Appalachia. It's a mountain. Holy <laughs> smokes. So you're from small town, Illinois. Where, where in Illinois? A town called normal. I know. No, shut the Dude. front door. We've got the normals are from a town called normal, man. Yeah. Normal Illinois. That's like Philip, you've, you've heard of Normal. Illinois. I've been to Normal. I actually used to have an old manager of my old band that was from Normal Illinois, no and then he moved to Effingham. Oh yeah, and we had shirts that said "Where the Effingham am I?" That's on. Uh, what's the What's the interstate that goes through Effingham? No idea. Uh, twenty four. Yeah, it's on twenty. It's right off twenty. Yeah, fifty. You're right. It's fifty seven, and it goes right through. Yeah, 57 yeah. goes right there because there's a lot of signs for it. It's a very entertaining, you know, 15 it, minutes. Is normal. He wrote a, ben Folds wrote a song about driving to normal for a show and getting something happened to him in Effingham, but he got it wrong. And, it, and on his record, it's Effington. Oh, and, man. And, like, he said he got the name wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He's got a song called like Back to Normal or something. Oh, that's yeah. really funny. Is normal near Peoria? It I, is. Okay. About a half an hour. Okay. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So, okay, what was your, what I think is interesting, you know, we've got, there's artists that grew up in kind of large metroplexes, things like that. But since you grew up in normal Illinois, where did you get your first guitar and what was it? Oh, dude, that's a great question. Well, so I had a, um, I had like a, I had a, a youth group leader who, um, or a young life leader who I couldn't play. Like I'd learned a couple chords on some friends' guitars. Uh-huh. And there was this like kind of youth meeting thing that I would go to. Yeah. And um and they would sing songs. And so um they needed somebody to play. And they're like, Hey, does anybody play guitar? And I totally lied. I was like, Oh, I can, but I totally couldn't. And I also didn't own one. Yeah. And then they were then we made a deal that I could play this like this college girl's Yamaha acoustic guitar um if I would be the Oh yeah, the guitar player for their meeting. So I would go early and like practice on her guitar every week. And then the first electric guitar I got was an Epiphone. Um, oh, what was it? They were like, it was uh, Will the Wilshire, the the Wilshire, which is like a like twenty 
fort fret neck and like super super thin neck, like super straight really kind of difficult to play guitar uh-huh uh, uh but super cool looking very punk you um, pulling it up yeah i am okay and Epiphone. i sold that guitar like probably eight years ago and i have regretted it every day like it was that was a dumb do you know cool who you guitar. sold it to oh i, I do. yeah i've seen these yeah those are a few years ago did it have the tremolo on it at all no tremolo. It did. I didn't have the arm, but I, it did have a tremolo. In, oh, yeah, yeah. That's like a, cool that's a small workers. town problem, you know. It was a good, yeah. But like, I moved to Nashville. Like, I was on tour, and somebody was like, "Hey, dude, you need an amp for your guitar." It's like, "Oh, you do?" I just I didn't know. No one else knew yeah. in my town, so no one told me. Yeah, yeah. I just literally went through an Arion heavy metal pedal because that was the one pedal that I could find. Yes. Into like a DI. That was my rig. Hey, man. I, you also noticed there was no tuner. Isn't it great how like everybody who starts out, most of the people, you have no idea what you're doing. There's you're no, there are no figure it out. there's no forums, man. Yeah. There's no social. You just don't yeah, know what no dudes YouTube. are doing. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I learned of the TSA. And you, our band got it, and it was you really don't figure it out until you start going to shows and you start being like, "Whoa, what?" I'm like, "Yeah, what is a a pedal board? Mm. What?" It like blew my mind. I was like, "So you have more than one." That's crazy. There used to be this great guitar shop in Nashville called Broadway Music. It was like, it was like mostly used stuff, but it was all like pro guys. Yeah. Essentially, it was just, it was a big swap fest. Like everybody would bring whatever they were tired of and then they would trade it for something else. And all the guys that worked there were like touring musicians that would, you know, needed something to do on Tuesday. And so like when you were 21, you would, you didn't know anything. Like you just go and like hang out and there would be like Kenny Meeks, like just legendary Nashville guitar player, just like hanging out. Yeah. And he'd, he'd kind of see you looking at something like, Hey, let me show you about And All of a sudden these guys would like teach you Barry Grohl would work there. Like sold me my first pedal board. It was mm. just like a legend. That and, sounds, uh, it was so fun. Like that's how I yeah. learned so much stuff. Yeah. That sounds a lot different than probably the guitar store in normal Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is true. We had a growing we uh we had one distortion pedal in my band and uh you I didn't have it. well we went to Radio Shack and got a a dual quarter inch into no. single quarter inch. No. And so we shared the distortion pedal <laughs> and then that from then on it went into like the like the power amp PA, you know, like the Yamaha with the eight channels <laughs> and the speakers. And so we did that and it was, it, you could tell, like there was definitely some signal loss, you know, cause the, it was trying to process like two guitar yeah. signals. Oh. Uh, yeah. It didn't sound great. Um, <laughs> but also but, you don't know at that age, you're yeah. just like, it sounds awesome. Yeah. It might not sound great, but it sounds awesome. Yeah. And then you just kind of get used to your own gear, you know? I remember going in and recording, uh, like, very young and bringing my PV because I liked the distortion channel on it. And uh, the guy had, like, this Mesa Boogie full stack. And he's like, why don't you try this? And I literally was like, no, thank you. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I said, I think you're going to like the way my amp sounds. And then I tracked with it and he's like, all right, so I did your way. Will you do my way real quick? And I was like, yeah, sure, dude. And he plugged it in and I was like, Hey, I just want to apologize for being wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I just, you don't know what you don't know until you, you know, know it. Know what you don't and then, know. 
Dude, Man, it's amazing. it was, yeah, it was really special trial by error for sure. Uh, but yeah, I had my own distortion pedal at that point, you know? Okay. <laughs> you were, so, you know, yeah, you know good with for somebody you. else. Good for you. It was really great. Okay. So you're, so we've got the Epiphone Wilshire and then was the Yamaha acoustic. Was it one of those cool red label Japanese? Yeah, definitely, definitely was not. And then, uh, and then, you know, it was really sweet. It was like a bunch of my friends, uh, for Christmas, like pulled money together because they're like this kid needs a guitar and like well like high school friends like put together enough money and i got got me a sigma acoustic guitar which is like the cheap martin brand uh -huh. yeah but i still have it i mean i used it on a record this week like yeah. i have it high strung wow yeah it's, it was such a cool guitar so that was sweet um and those are my guitars till i like came to nashville and then and then the world opens up and then look at look at behind yeah. look at me now that's what that's what we're seeing yeah look behind you we, then, I, then you then you learn you, i don't have just one know. gretch i've got two yeah i'm on a little gretch kick right now hey i can you. see that i think it's great yeah. um there's nothing wrong with that uh I'm having a good time yeah so you you channel away you're in the normals um and then uh and then and then what happens andrew uh, that band ends as yeah. bands do, um, and then I, um, I got a little when our band ended. Somehow I got like our record label. I got like a three thousand dollar check when our band broke up, and I bought a, an engagement ring for my wife and a and a, a Digio One Pro Tools rack, like the the first home studio rack. Yeah, cool. And um, yeah, no, high class. You do. I loved that thing. You think you could do maybe sixteen tracks total? Hey, Pro Tools. Um, and so that's when I started kind of getting into production and learning how to make records. And then, um, and that's when I made that like that photographs record on that Digio One, and um, and then um, started kind of playing with other bands. So I joined a band named Cademan's Call at that point, and oh yeah, and just have kind of like for the next like twelve years was like a Christian music guitar player. So I played with them a ton and. Um, a band called Jars of Clay, a guy named Stephen Chris Chapman, and like did like the CCM thing. Yeah, who are these? Yeah, we've never heard of these uh, bands. A guy, these little it's no like, it's namers. Sort of, like, if you live in that world, you're like, wow. Jeez. And if you don't, you're like, I've never heard of any of these people. I don't know, man. Uh, Jars, uh, Jars, that's a pretty. That was a pretty big. Uh, I mean, that was a pretty. Big I loved that band success. so much. Like, they yeah. were my favorite band in high school and then to be able to like get to play with them and we did a I did a tour with them where they played their first record from front to back oh man and and that was a season where like I was kind of filling in for two different guys so because they have two guitar players so one weekend I would be one guy and I would play his parts and sing his harmonies and the next weekend I'd be the other guy and play his parts and sing his harmonies oh gosh. so I got to do man. every part of the record and it man. was like a dream come true that sounds, and it also sounds really challenging. Uh, so because oh, I've I've seen them live, and and the harmonies. I mean, they're just. I mean, they're just on. They were my. Oh my gosh! Hey, do you know when I saw them? I saw them. I saw them. I think in two thousand and two with Cademan's Call, Flags? and I think that's oh. you. I think you. Yeah. Were, you I were playing guitar on that show because yeah. Cademan's Call was like, uh, "Hey, we're gonna let our guitar player like have one song so we can take a break." And then I think you played high school band, and then yeah, I was yeah. I was like, wow. "Yo, I don't know what this guy is, but I love that song." And then I went to your merch table afterwards Dude. and I I bought your record, and then from then on learned how to play uh, more guitar. So where was Dude. this show? It was in Norman, Norman, oh, okay. Oklahoma. Perfect. 
So yeah, I took my little brother and I was like, you want to go to a rock show? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so lowercase R. Yeah. Hey dude, it was, <laughs> it was not. An, it yeah. That was, was awesome. a really fun tour though. Those are just like some amazing people. And, uh, which has been super fun. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think, yeah, you've got a lot of, um, yeah, you've got a lot of collaborations, but what I think is interesting, what I really like is kind of the, the step sideways kind of work when you work on your own stuff. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. So like for that, for those records, like wh who are you channeling? What are you channeling? A lot of us are like when we're writing music or making albums or making projects, we're channeling some of our favorite artists. Sometimes we're channeling like a book we read, honestly. Some of us are channeling like a greater story. Like when you kind of chart out what you want to do next, like, like what is the inspiration behind some of that? Does that make sense? Does that question yeah, make sense? That's a great question. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it on the drive this morning. <laughs> He's, this one's going to knock him out. This one's yeah, going to be great. Uh, yeah. You know, what's been really fun is like, I, so I've been like, having been like a session player, you, you play on tons of records and then, uh, for the last like 10 years, I've been working at a record label or a couple different record labels. So like, I'm, I'm always in the midst of like nine records where the goal is to help that person do the thing they want to do yeah, and to sound like what they need to sound like. And so, um, I kind of figured out early on, like, oh, I need to, I probably need to make more music than on my own than I used to. So that when I'm in the, in with these other people, I'm not trying to get them to make the record that I feel like I want to make. Oh, it's interesting. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, well, you guys need to sound like the war on drugs because I'm really into the war on drugs right yeah. now. No, they don't. They don't need Great to sound band. like that. But mm -hmm. you can, you know, you go do your own thing. So, sure. um, so my own music has always been kind of like an outlet for like, just more of a hobby. Like I want to chase this. Uh -huh. um, so, and that tends to be things a little more experimental or um, like, I love stories. And so I love like songwriting that tells stories and then, I just love great guitar playing. And so I try to, you know, just rip off like photographer's record to me is like all me trying to be Mark Knopfler and failing. But like sure. in the process, you find sort of your own, your own voice, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so like, yeah, you, you just kind of, you just sort of chase those things down. And what's been interesting to you in the last few years is like my kids are getting older. And so I've kind of, it's, it's making music now has been less about, um, what am I feeling? What do I want to say? Yeah. Like, check this cool thing out. Cause I realized like kind of earlier in my career, a lot of, a lot of like, there's like artistic self-expression. This is me saying what I want to say. But then there's also a good bit of like insecurity. It's like, I hope you like this. I hope this makes you think I'm cool. Like, mm -hmm. listen to how cool this sound is. Sure. Um, and I, I realized you can kind of listen back and go, Oh man, I'm just trying so hard to like be something I'm not to try to impress people. Mm -hmm. um, just be, you know, out of your own insecurity. And so as I've gotten older and been able to kind of grow out of some of that, like, uh, it's more about like, who can I serve with these records? Like what stories can like actually like be friends to people, you know, when you hear, you hear some song and it's like, oh, I just needed that song right now. Like I want to, I want to give people those kinds of songs. And especially as my kids are getting older to be, not that my kids are going to be like fans of like their dad, you know? That's weird. Um, but we but, all want that to happen, yeah. don't we? <laughs> my kids are going to be fans of me. Yeah. Just like, yeah. My, I have teenage girls. They want to listen to Taylor Swift and they should. That's right. Yes. Like, but 
you know, if they're out somewhere and I'm like, I'm not around and they want to hear, you know, just they, there may be a day where they want to hear from their dad. Like, do I have songs out there that, yeah, um, that are something that like I want them to hear that they can be a, like a, a guide and a friend to them and uh, still sort of care for them when I'm not around. And that's been kind of probably weird to say, but it has been really fun and like life giving. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just I love coming down here and making stuff. So uh, what? One of the most interesting projects, I think, for me, was Leonard the Lonely Astronaut. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, yes. if you're listening and you don't, you don't know what this is. So, uh, Andrew and Andy got together, and then um, created a a spaceship. Right. So, built a spaceship, and then uh, recorded songs in the spaceship. But songs sung really in character. So a guy who had fallen on hard times and then took a job as a, like a space trucker uh, to really leave the earth and really just kind of write songs and, and have some alone time. Am I spot on, right? You're, yeah, you're dead on. And the, <laughs> yeah, it was, I can't believe I did that. And it was so fun. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, like so the story is like i'm an insomniac i have a hard time sleeping and uh -huh. i went i saw like there was a couple of years where like i went started seeing doctors like i cannot sleep i'm like and this one doctor was like look try this like make up a story in your mind and just like revisit that story every night and eventually like you it sort of like takes your mind off the things that are stressing you out and keeping you awake and it becomes a signal to your body, like, it's time to go to bed. We're thinking about that thing. What a cool doctor. Serious. Oh my yeah, gosh. And it worked. Yeah. And and I was I was really into this like show called Battlestar Galactic at the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Spaceship. So literally just like would lay in bed and design like a spaceship until I'd fall asleep. And then just like the songwriter in me was like put a guy in there, made him real lonely, get wrote him this backstory, like real tragic. And then I started writing songs about it. Yeah. And um and one thing led to another. And yeah, so we like, uh, that's when like Kickstarter was new. It's so, like kickstarted the record. And yeah. part of it was like, come to Nashville. And um, there's a buddy of mine has this taco place and, and it has like a sort of warehouse behind it. And uh, it was just kind of sitting empty. And I was like, hey, can I, can I like build something in there for a while? He's like, yeah, man, whatever. Yeah. So we built like a, like a movie set of a spaceship. Uh -huh. And then um, a lady like who this worked at Nike in the elite athletes division. Uh -huh. um, who made like makes like LeBron's clothes like custom was like hey can I make you a spacesuit and I was like yeah totally so literally like the wow. people that make like yeah you know that kind of that that level uh -huh. like they all their project like was to make this guy a spacesuit so I got this like custom Nike <laughs> spacesuit oh my god uh, which is so ridiculous it where and, uh, is it is it's it behind in my you? brother's closet because he borrowed it last year from oh. <laughs> and um yeah but it's just like hanging in our hall closet like next to the vacuum cleaner like this is the most random thing oh my yeah so gosh. like for like three months then i like went i'd like drop my kids off at school i'd drive to my spaceship and i'd like make space music for it make space all day music. and then go home for <laughs> yeah. dinner and um uh, it was so fun man and uh I, yeah the record was kind of this like exploration of like uh, grief and and um, sort of valuing or learning to value relationships before it's too late. Um, so some of my favorite songs, uh, and got to get like make some wild sounds, and it was really fun. Yeah, I have I have to ask, did it end up backfiring on you going so deep into your 
dream, you know, what was supposed to keep you help, help you get to sleep that you started like building a spaceship. Did it like that would keep me awake. Yeah. How'd you sleep? Of it. Yeah. It probably, it probably, probably uh, got a little more stressful there in the, in the middle of that process. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I or it's more like when you start telling friends like, Hey, I want to do this. And you go, will you still be my friend? <laughs> yeah. Also, also when you're building something, it's like, yeah. Dude, I would have been you, your friend in a heart. You're just you're getting on you're going down the project and then you like you got a backwards joist and so you gotta take forty minutes and drive to Home Depot and get the right joist <laughs> and like go back and just do the whole thing and it's just, but then you wanna take the other one back because you're not gonna use it and it's like it's six dollars and you know. Oh man, that's terrible. Let's talk more about joists. Man. Um okay, so what year was that? All that happened. That was t- uh, so 20, 2012. 2012. Okay, so uh, it, I loved that project, and so that was for me. That was pre uh, my job, like my my duties at Walrus, and uh, yeah. so I was working like at a at an energy company, hmm. um, and a kind of like a corporate job at a place with like ten thousand people. You know, one of those, uh, and I loved it. Great time. Learned a lot. Met a lot yeah. of people, still have friends from there. Um, but wasn't doing really thing with guitar pedals. Wanted to, you know, someday, mm. uh, soon. And I, I just remember listening to this guy who like built a spaceship and made records in it. And I was just like, yeah, man, this is so <laughs> cool. You know, cause I was like heavy, I was heavy into, uh, like Dune and the whole Ender's Game series. Oh yeah. And, um, all of those. And it just, yeah, I was just going deep on, on lots of stuff. Like, you know, some Stephen King just so well, my job that I had, um, I was able to kind of listen to audiobooks at the same time. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody that still writes writers letters of recommendation for me, but that's what I was doing. Um, and so I was also, you know, using stories to, to stay sane in that time. And you know, how at the end of Goodwill Hunting, when Ben Affleck goes up and knocks on Matt Damon's door and he's like, not there instead of Ben Affleck being disappointed, he's just like, yes, he's not here. He's gone on and he's doing better things. You know, <laughs> that was me listening to Leonard, the Lonely Astronaut album dude, in my car. It's just like, yes, dude, this is so great. Um, okay. So then we move on. And then uh, who, where's the spaceship now? Uh, we had to, well, yeah, eventually he was like, hey, I kind of need to use my, use this building again. Can you get this out of here? So we, I have a few, like we, we built it in like these wall panels. I, so I have a few of them left for every now and then we'll still do some shows around it. And like, I'll kind of build, I have enough to like, decorate the stage mm-hmm. um but that's about it yeah nothing else went to the went to the dump so sad but uh, that's just the way it, it is fun, people it that's fun. just the way it is you build things and then they get torn down do you guys remember uh the show trl yeah oh yeah request live on mtv oh yeah yes it like nine kidding me it was yeah like the, all the rage and um these little heads would pop up in the corner and people would sort of like on, on, out on the street in New York City would be like, you know, I want to hear the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. 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 Um, the f- uh, first time I was ever in New York City was probably 1998, 99. And we were walking, uh, we had a day off, our, our band, and we were walking down the street and we 
turned out we were like right in front of the MTV office and there were like hundreds of people out front and um, we're just walking through and somebody goes, is anybody here like Tupac? And I realized like that's somebody who works at MTV. I was like, I will. And, um, and then they grabbed me and then I got to be one of the little pop-up heads in the corner oh, of TRL. Yeah. And I said, and the, this was live. This was before they oh had like the five gosh. second pause, you know? So like, like they, what they would do is they would, you would talk to like an intern, figure out what you were going to say. And then you would say it to them over and over uh -huh. and over and over. And then they threw it to somebody else and you say it to them over and over and over. And then they put you on camera and you like, can't do anything but say that thing. Uh -huh. And so you said, said the F word. I said, <laughs> hi, I'm Andy O'Singer from Normal, Illinois. And I requested Tupac Shakur's changes because he took a great, great Bruce Hornsby song and made it his own. <laughs> and, uh, there we go. Somewhere that's on a VHS tape. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that is, that is, I, I told that story. That is I unreal. Love it. I started singing changes. No, oh. dude. So I, yeah, I remember just in deep anticipation of, uh, man, I really wanted Creed to get to the top, oh, you yeah. know, and then I really wanted POD to get to the top. And oh, like, yeah. I just remember the day when rock the party from POD got to number one. And I was like calling my friends. I was like, you dude, you gotta get on MTV right now and watch TRL <laughs> POD rock the party. Just got number one. Cause it had that cool delay part. Like dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah. 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 Dude, they were great bands. We're gonna rock the party all night long. Dude, San Diego bands. There's just so many, San there's so many Diego. good San Diego bands. You got POD, That's you got true. Smash Mouth, uh, you got uh, Switchfoot. You just got a lot of really good bands out of San Diego, a lot of good sounds. I, I like to defend Smash Mouth um, uh, and just because that first record's freaking amazing. I mean, it's just unreal. You know, I mean, if you got if you got to be a one-hit wonder, you could do worse than being Smash Mouth. Dude. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Are they a one-hit wonder? I don't think, I I think, they they, I think they've got like five three or six. Hit wonder? Like, yeah, three I mean, hit wonder. Just, just give them yeah. like, you know, give them what to do. <laughs> Ask chat GDP. 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 <laughs> we need chat GDP. That is like, yeah. Chat gross like domestic products. That's like an old yeah. man. Saying, That's chat GDP. <laughs> Can you give me more? $11 trillion. Um, golly. Uh, I really had another place to go, but you started yeah, I talking like about you were going somewhere. Yeah, I did, but you started talking about TRL, and, I, and then I don't it, regret it. I don't regret it. Kind of, that's it kind of puts me in the wanting to talk about pop up video also, but then I just like, no, we can't, we can't go there. You know, it's a great show. pop up great video. Show. Remember pop up video? Remember, remember when we all liked the same music though? As a as like, yes, yeah, the, a culture. Yeah, we yeah. don't do that anymore. No, I know. We don't have that like. Everybody knows those songs. That unifying. Really yeah. yeah. Uh, we were t I was talking about that. We had Isaac Hansen on uh, several episodes oh, ago. Yeah. And then he, you know, he was talking about that. It was like, you know, part of the success of, of being a big artist in the 90s is that like everybody's listening to the same thing, whether they want to or not, you know? Yeah. So then it's like, if you don't want to listen to him, you just go listen to something else. But instead, yeah. you know. Hanson, you're either forced to listen to Hanson or you enjoy listening to Hanson. Yeah. And I just remember they were, on S they were on SNL and then they were yeah. skits on SNL while they were on SNL about people who just didn't want to listen to Hanson. <laughs> I remember that skit. I mean, yeah, that. it was kind of like... That was probably one of those people, but it was great that they could play into yes. it. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, it's great. They're, and they're still making great music. Uh, yeah, they are. They're a great, great band. Great folks, great folks. Um, and they're, they're, aren't they... 
They're for, are they from Oklahoma? They oh, are. yeah, they are. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tol- they're from Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah. And they're, listen, I've got a lot of grace. I've got a lot of capacity for grace because people have shown me grace. Um, and so even though they're from Tulsa, I give them grace. So they should be from Oklahoma City, but they're not. Uh, uh, the One of the producers over here is like shaking his head because he's from Tulsa. Yeah. Should have been from Oklahoma. Yeah. He's a mute. <laughs> You're out. Um, You're a producer now. So what? Yeah, a- Andrew, Andy. I think what's interesting and awesome is that with your your side records, your I don't call them side records. With your solo records, uh, especially on some of the last ones, you're able to get these. Um, it kind of sounds like it's just you most of the time, but you are able to get these these large scale sounds and songs. Like these songs sound full, so you kind of get through some of these songs, and it, it takes you a couple songs to realize, like, hey, I don't think I've heard any drums yet. You know, okay. uh, how, how do you do that? How do you Not make bad. like how do you make like <laughs> minimal like minimalist music but make it sound uh, big? And and I'm not I'm asking for. Uh, I'm asking for people listening who want to make a lot out of, out of a little, maybe like a limited resources time, maybe a limited resources finances, maybe a limited resources gear. People. How do you, your people, friend, like net, like yeah. people telling you, how do you make these large sounding full songs, uh, without, without a lot of input, if that makes sense. Oh man, that's, uh, really kind of you to, to, to say that. I'm feeling real nice today, bud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I love I love doing that. Like I, you know, I do. I mean, I work with a ton of great musicians, and so, you know, do like I love collaboration. I love having different people on records, and um, but there is something about kind of getting in getting in the zone, you know, and just kind of building something on your own. And um, I remember years ago, like in my first band, like we, you know, we were all like youth group kids. We all grew up strumming guitars, and so like when we started playing, like everybody played every note of every song all the time. And we all, we were all playing chords and the piano, you know, keyboard players hitting every note. And like, yeah, we went, we went to see, somehow we went to go see like somebody play with a symphony. And it, it like struck me that like, none of them are playing chords. Like everybody's only playing one note at a time and they're not all playing all the time. Mm-hmm. And that like that started this sort of exploration of like how little can i play on any instrument at any given time and how do i let um those single notes like a symphony like because the sound of a symphony is just like gigantic um but it's never one person just banging it's like everybody doing their one part really specifically and really thoughtfully um so that that's what i try to do um on those projects is just like find little parts that complement each other yeah, and that can build off of each other, but never like, um, never are two things doing the same thing. So I, my, my goal is to have like four or five pieces. Uh, and I remember also I worked with, um, when I was coming up as a producer, I worked under a guy named Vance Powell for a bunch of years. Who's like, went on to win like a couple Grammys for like best recording record, you know, engineered records. And I mean, he's just a, a legendary mix engineer yeah. and producer and, um, to like uh, the Dead Weather and all the Jack White stuff and Radiohead I and mean, all kinds of crazy things. Dead Weather and, was my favorite Jack White project. Dude, 
yeah. got to assist on those records. Did you really? Oh, that's probably why they sound good. Unbelievable. No, 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 I did not. I went and got food and at one point put a tape machine in the back of my car and drove it to Jack's, which was very cool. Um, wow. And then just got to stand in the back of the room. And um, Man, that but, sounds tight. Talk about like, making a lot with a little. Yeah. yeah, I mean that we would they were they would constantly reference ACDC and the fact that there's like kick, snare, vocal, guitar. Technically there's bass, but it's like barely in the mix. It's like yeah. the fewer things in the mix, the louder you could turn everything up. Yeah. And so those records sound like Dun, I want that tattooed. Like, Dun, like, yeah. There's nothing that's happening. A good thing. Yeah. And um so yeah, it was like to me that's the same like the way A C D C and a symphony like work the same way, which is like a few things really really well as opposed to everything doing everything mm -hmm. let the song helpful. breathe but, yeah yeah i'm writing down the less things in the mix the louder everything can be yeah i love that i'm gonna get that tattooed um <laughs> your first tattoo it's a good one yeah that's no it's really interesting i think um how do i tell this story um no i remember uh, so one of the big bands out of stillwater is all american rejects and then, um, you know, and they, uh, they got big kind of at a time where just stacking guitars was yeah. the thing. And, and, and it was, and I valued it as well, you know, in recording, I was like, we got to stack. I'm just going to sit here and play this high G over the whole chorus and then mix mm -hmm. it in somewhere, please. You know? Uh, but I like what you said. Um, I remember reading an article of, of of them talking about swing swing one of their like their first debut big hit and then them talking about like yeah at one point there's 18 guitars happening at one time and i remember thinking about that and being like maybe maybe i shouldn't be doing that maybe that's not a good idea <laughs> like um, the engineer in me is just like that's 18 things that are phasing each other out it's, just, it's like yeah. every one of those is making every one you add makes everything else sound thinner yeah and then when you think about yeah. when you think about songs that are doing that now hold on no, no offense to all american rejects i love i mean i wanted Pumpkins, to be he was putting like 200 guitars on siamese dream tracks see and those things sound freaking unbelievable there but, you go like, yeah but they also were real phasey and kind of you know like yeah yeah um the, i wanted to be tyson ritter in high school he was like the pep assembly mc and when i was i was two years behind him and golly he was one he was super handsome and everybody loved him and he's hilarious and then he was in this band that went to new york to record a record we were like who is this unicorn uh, this this demigod walking amongst us holy smokes uh yeah and then i applied to be pep assembly mc and i did not get the job so super sad <laughs> Look at you now you have a podcast i know big middle finger to the cheer coaches that wouldn't let me in golly i'm kidding cheer coaches at stillwater high school um previous because i know they're big fans of the show <laughs> big fans uh my alma mater um but when you contrast that with the sound of the guitar, what exactly what you say, like on the, like on black and back in black, it's like, it still sounds like, it still sounds like it was fresh out of the grocery store yesterday. That guitar, Dude, it is like, unbelievable. and it gets, it gets better. ACDC for me, gets better over time. So, uh, if, if you can you know, if you can kind of like separate the brand, you know, cause ACDC is kind of a brand now, 
Sure. Um, it's like, a, it's like an ideology, like, like how kiss is, or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like just lots of, it's, it's a very like subculture brand, but if you can you know, separate the brand just from the sounds, you'll have a much better experience. And the, when the sounds come on and I hear them and I show them to my kids, they're like, dude, that sounds powerful. Yeah. You can't argue with it. I know. It's so good. Let's it's make so an, good. let's make some ACDC records. Today, are you busy, Philip? I'm not busy. Are you busy? Can we do this? Let's Can we make this now. happen? But what I think is interesting is uh, what what are you doing with the Recording Academy? Can you kind of talk me through that a little bit? What oh, is this? my Instagram post? Yeah, what is that about? Oh, I just, uh, well, so I was in the Academy for a long time, which just means that you like have, you have to submit like um, your like credits to say like you've been a, you've been a part of professional recordings or whatever mm-hmm. um and they sort of have to hit some certain limit of there's like a sort of threshold of like what what they accept and then um when you're in that then you can vote for the grammys and like be part of nomination process and stuff like that and i was in it for a while and then i stopped paying my dues because you know life and kids and i just yeah it was not a priority and then um i've worked on a couple of records in the last couple of years that felt like Man, that should have been nominated. I don't know why that wasn't. So I was like, I gotta join the Academy again. So I Yeah. But you have to get like people have to nominate you. Like it's a whole process. Like it takes a while. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that I got I got uh, accepted back in. That's amazing. So you're voting on you the records to post on Instagram about it. You're like a you're like a real musician. That's amazing. I, I didn't know that you're was like the a process. real deal. Uh, yeah, it's more complicated than you would think. I, it was actually, it's kind of surprising how like they keep a really strict sort of role, you know, like uh, they don't sort of let anybody sign up, which is kind of, mm-hmm. it does actually make you sort of trust the process a little bit more. Yeah. Um, what were the records that you thought should have been nominated that weren't? Man, the Citizens record that we did uh, a couple of years ago, I thought should have this band called citizens. I yeah. Just, yeah. Um, Zach, uh, what's his name? Zach Bolin. Zach, Zach Bolin. Bolin. Yeah. And yeah. The, we just put out a record a couple months ago that I definitely like, that was like the impetus is like, I got to join because I got to make sure this record get, this record gets a nomination. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, called, I can't find the edges of you. And it's just fantastic. So, a, a citizens record. I was also, also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. Band. Uh, really good vocals. Um, Cute. Really good, mm-hmm. unique, uh, unique vocal sound. I, like I, a real singer. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan, people. Okay. So, what's it look like? So, when, how does that work? They just send you an email and like, fill out your Google survey and vote on album of the year for us. Like, how, yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Behind the scenes. Like that. It's a very official Google survey, but yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a whole, <laughs> but it's like on a, it's on a web, it's a web based. It's web-based, correct? I so. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. I'm kind of getting getting back into it. Honestly, the last time I was in the Academy, it was... Uh, it's a punch it card? Was, it wasn't quite the same. So they've definitely uh, upped, their, upped their digital game. Yeah. Do you get to vote on, on everything? No, you only get or? to vote on things that are like tangential to your category. So I can vote on things that are like in the Christian gospel sphere and in the like indie singer-songwriter folk sphere. Like the places where my credits... Ah, uh, yeah, count. yeah, yeah. And then everybody can vote on like record of the year, song of the year, like the big. Oh, they can. Four, the big like four or five new artists of the year. We can all vote on those. 
I think it's interesting that you said the big four or five, um, because there used to be like four or five people in each of those category. And now I feel like there's like eight or 10 and it gets a little yeah, confusing. They did that because it was a lot of white guys getting, so, uh, so it's sort of all, and so they did it so they can widen it. So more diverse people can get in, get a shot. Yeah. So we're just, yeah, we're widening out we're widening out the, the genres that we are raising and bringing to the top. And I think what they're trying to do, and I actually really respect this, is they're trying to make it less about who won the best and more about like this lets this lets ten people be celebrated for their great work. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And they're trying to make the that the list of nominees is like a bigger deal. Not it's not like I mean obviously it's a big deal to win it, but it's like sure. that way they can really kind of care and like uh, shed a spotlight on more and more people yeah. Um, rather than just sort of like focusing on who's the best. It's like, no, these are all the best at this. Yeah. If you make it this far, you are all the best. Sure. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I, I think it's really cool the way they've done that. That makes sense. And, and uh, uh, so does that mean you get to go to the Grammys? Do you get to, or do you well, watch it from it's home? It's like, I could buy tickets. I you got to buy them. tickets. And then, How much are tickets to the Grammys? How much is them? They're not cheap. We're uh, talking like a thousand, ten thousand. What are we talking here? What are we talking here's, here? Here's here's the deal. I want the Citizens Record to get nominated, and then I get to go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to buy tickets, or do you get to uh, go if you're nominated? I have a feeling our record label would probably buy them for us. Yeah, very cool. The artists cool. get them, and the team. Yeah, I don't know. So even if you're nominated, we'll they don't give. You're asking me questions about a thing I don't <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> That's what exactly. we do. We ask questions about things that people don't understand, so and then the, we talk about things that we don't. The other understand. guy who listens to this podcast, who is like. <laughs> been nominated for multiple awards and be like he's got it totally wrong Dude, yeah well listen so it's only the cheer coaches in still at stillwater high school those are the only people that are listening to this show so oh man hey thanks for being thanks for being on the show today i just want to apologize uh for everything and just say sorry um but i also well, this has been so fun yeah i want to ask just before you go like what your favorite christmas movie or actually i want to ask you two questions okay um what, what are you working on right now and wh where can um where can i send people to engage in the uh the art that you're making that's yeah. my first question and the second question is uh what's your what's the best christmas movie oh man uh yeah well i'm putting out uh, a lot of my own solo music so i'm kind of releasing songs on a project called Headwaters, just very slowly, like song a month kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's you know, nice. on the Spotify. And I'm also doing, every couple of months, I put out a little mini EP uh, called The Quiet Hours, which is like, um, sort of like Fleet foxes versions of like old hymns that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, that's been really fun, just kind of real artsy and uh, real like kind of meditative. And then um, I'm a part of this thing called Anchor Hymns, which is like a, collection of uh songwriters who are all sort of like um they're not all sort of like church songwriters but they're all people who uh have like a faith story and um yeah and are kind of gathering to like write songs um to be used in those settings that are maybe um a little more uh sort of modern and um sort of reflective of our culture and uh both lyrically and sonically. And it's been like super, super fun. So I get to work with some of my heroes on that. And we're putting out tons of music uh, as anchor hymns. And that's been really fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of work in that, that sphere. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been working on. And then that's beautiful. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie uh, would have to be uh, 
Christmas vacation. Okay, boom. We got a winner. We got a winner. Uh, and I will say, we, I grew up on like the, the, uh, I grew up in a household that was very uh, limited the, your exposure to certain things of the world. And so sure. we had the made for TV, like the TV edited version of it on like VHS. I think that that's great. You but know. then we, so we're like, my wife and I are like, oh, we want to show this to our kids. And so oh. we got, and it turns out that movie is like kind of filthy. Yeah. And um, our children who were quite young at the time who were like, yeah, uh, were like so shocked and offended that we would show them this movie. Yeah. And like judged us very harshly. And, oh my um, So God. it's, uh, oh, that is so how funny. Do you think we would think this is funny. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. We really funny. thought it was so funny. How Holy old were they? They were like 11, nine. Oh, man. Yeah. I, that, um, that's the question every year is like, is this the year when we show them Christmas vacation? Yeah. It, it, it turns out that some of those jokes don't age. Um, yeah. Terribly well. No, um, but they're still funny. But they're still very they're funny. They're still real good. Every year, they're I'm just still, like, I mean, it gets better. They went to bed and I wa we still watched it because it's a so yeah. great it's, movie. It is yeah. so great. Oh, man. Hey, thanks for being on the show today. Dude, really appreciate thank it. You. Hey, um, yeah, this is awesome. Also, thank you guys for being like the best pedal company. Like, there are oh, lots of great pedals how? out there. I am obsessed with pedals. You know this. And uh -huh. uh, But my board is like mostly walrus. Cause it's you just make great things, and you are, well, care about us all and support us well. And um, if anybody's still listening to this and you don't have the 385, that's a freaking best overdrive pedal yes. out there. I feel like that. I feel like that's your secret weapon, guys. I don't. Hey, that is just a coming from pedal. this secret weapon. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I did a series of shows where that was the only pedal I had. So just that pedal. And it I, and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh depends on when we release this. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going with it, if you know what I mean. Good. The three eighty five. Count me in. Whatever. Yeah. That's about all I can say right now. <laughs> all right. But it so is maybe more. It is listen, yeah. It's like per capita, it's the most it's our most beloved pedal. So is it? Yeah. I mean it, you know in the it's, shop. It's not the top seller, but everybody who has it is like this is where yeah. it's at. You know, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a it. monster. And, yeah, yeah, so well, I appreciate I appreciate those kind words. And I'm going to take those, put them in my heart, and you know, let them marinate and ferment for a little while. I really appreciate marinate. that. I'm going to let that dirt shine. That's what I'm going to do. Let that dirt shine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, praise. Well, hey, thank you, guys. Praise be. All right. Thanks, man. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>